here we are showing up wholeheartedly vulnerable and empowered. This is Pocket Amy. And you might be surprised, I am known as a person of joy, a person of hope, a cockeyed optimist, some people would say. I think out of all of those personality assessments and different quizzes you can take to kind of determine what kind of person you are. I I fall very close to the middle on a lot of those metrics, except for the optimism and the realism scale. I, I am pretty far over on that optimism side. And I think because of that, um, people might assume that I would slap a bumper sticker or a Hallmark greeting card on top of of someone's grief and goodness gracious I sure try not to ever do that and I also just don't believe in that like it's a core conviction of mine that grief is a pure and healthy emotion that needs to be attended to so in the vein of pocket Amy, whatever you do, don't tone it down. I want to speak to all of the people out there who are grieving a loss, that they've had some kind of rupture that has not yet repaired. Dr. Terry Wardle loves to use those phrases, rupture and repair, and I think it's very visual and helpful because we all know that there's been times when something has happened and there has just not been enough time for the repair to happen. So I've entitled this episode, The Grief Treadmill, because I want to give grief some credit and some respect today. Though I love to talk about those big emotions of of joy and enthusiasm and being wholehearted and not toning it down in that regard, I want to talk today about grief being worthy of our attention. I like to sometimes even call it good grief. One of the most helpful things that happened in my journey of learning to grieve well, grieve better myself, but also walk with people in their own grief to assist them as they express lament is to use this verb metabolize. The first time I ever used or the first time I ever heard someone else use the term the verb metabolize in regards to grief and trauma, my ears really perked up because I thought what a beautiful way to describe the processing or the burning of grief and trauma out of our cells. We, we've learned from scientific research that there are toxins, there are emotional and even chemical reactions in our body that happen when we are suffering great pain, when we're brokenhearted or suffering from some sort of life trauma. And those things can get kind of clogged up in our bodies, souls, spirits, mind, and heart. And all the way down to the cellular level, there's actually evidence that there's toxins down there that are expressed or even let's use the word again, metabolized as we cry our tears of lament as we grieve. They've put tears under microscopes and seen that those toxins are coming out 
in the tears. So I love to tell people that when they're crying, because almost every single person I know apologizes when they cry. They almost always say, oh, I'm so sorry, or I'm so sorry I'm crying, or I don't mean to cry. And there's some shame and some vulnerability hangover connected to it, I'm sure. Um, But we need to change this mindset that grief and tears and lament are somehow something we should be ashamed of or that we should apologize for or that we need to tone it down. Because when we see that these toxins are coming out in our tears, we know it's healthy, it's cathartic, it's good for us to grieve. But one of the most fascinating things about that same study is they put tears underneath the microscope if the tears were produced from cutting an onion or some other form of just making your eyes water up. And those toxins were not being metabolized out of the body in those cases. So that just shows you there's a very specific type of tear that will unlock some trapped emotional upheaval and trauma and grief from our bodies. So I truly want to encourage everyone, don't tone it down. Don't tone it down. When it comes to grieving, there is good grief. And I want to invite you all into it. So I, I imagined a treadmill. You know how people will get in the gym and then they'll walk a certain length of time or so many miles and burn so many calories and you can see all of that on the on the treadmill itself. And then sometimes they'll take a picture of it and sometimes they'll even post it on social media. There's this big celebration anytime someone is metabolizing fat out of their system or burning calories out of their system. So I was telling somebody one day, I'm like, man, wouldn't it be amazing if that's what we did when we were grieving? If we got on social media and actually honored the grief process by saying, I'm spending a whole day grieving and metabolizing trauma out of my cells, why are we not celebrating the hard work, the good work, the healthy work of grieving well and actually saying, this is time well spent. This is good for my body, soul, and spirit. So I want to, um, I don't know, hashtag grief treadmill. Maybe you could try it. You could actually say something to the people in your inner circle, to the people in your life who know what you're going through. Let them know like, hey, you guys, I spent some time journaling today. I spent some time crying today. I spent some time remembering and memorializing and talking about my loved one or this situation that has caused me so much pain. I am walking through this grief process and I'm grieving well. And maybe let them know how much grief you feel like you might have processed or burned or metabolized that day. Whatever you do, don't apologize for your need to lament and grieve. Please take a take a look at the book of Psalms in the Bible, there's 150 of them, but at least a third of them could be categorized as Psalms of lament. And some of them were individual laments by individual poets and psalmists. Others were corporate communal laments for the entire community to express together. Um, It's one of my deepest longings 
that we would learn how to grieve without apology and grieve well and press into metabolizing grief um, as individuals. But it's, it's a deep, deep desire that we would learn how to lament as a community as well, that we would learn how to be together, acknowledge our suffering, and to not tone it down in any way until we are feeling the actual comfort of Holy Spirit, until we are experiencing the healing that comes from community, um, until we are actually moving forward and getting any trapped trauma metabolized out of our body, soul, and spirit. So my encouragement to you today, the next time someone apologizes for crying, encourage them and reassure them that it's actually really healthy and really good and that you admire it. The next time you need to take some time and push the pause button and really go after um, some kind of a therapeutic and grieving process, um, don't consider it a waste of time. Consider it a valiant endeavor, the hard work of grieving. I pray that comfort would surround you, that the wraparound presence of God would join you in that grieving process and that you wouldn't tone it down at all, that you would enter into that process as many times as you need to and as um, in any way that you need to. Um, I believe that the more we give people permission to grieve in healthy ways, the less we will see all of the unhealthy or um, maladaptive or destructive ways that people end up sometimes trying to cover up their feelings or repress them or avoid them or sweep them under the rug. If we can celebrate good grief, um, we would all be a lot healthier. <laughs>